Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. All right, if we would turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Matthew chapter 1. And from where we're beginning, I guess you can probably guess where we're going to be for the next few months. <laughs> I'm going to start on a series through the Gospel of Matthew. And just like Genesis, Genesis is such a big book that uh, I've broken it up into sections and we're going to it and coming back and going back to it. Um, with Matthew, we'll probably do something very similar. Um, we'll take chunks of it. And go do something else and come back because it is a long book. Um, Matthew begins in something that seems a little bit strange to us. Um, he begins with a genealogy. Now, um, if we read if we read our Bibles, we're familiar with genealogies. We, there's a lot of them in the Bible. We we see one uh, after the fall and after Cain and Abel's story. We see. Um, uh, the genealogy that goes from Adam to um, Noah. And then after the flood, you see other genealogies, uh, genealogies of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, genealogies uh, going from uh, Ham, or from um, Shem all the way up to Abraham. And we see all these genealogies all over the Old Testament. But for the modern reader, we come to the New Testament. The very first words of the New Testament and the very first thing we run into is a genealogy. And we wonder why in the world do we start out with a genealogy? Well, I think it actually makes a whole lot of sense to start out with a genealogy. I think it actually makes a whole lot of sense because the point of a genealogy is to connect a story with what, with, with what came before it. It's, it's, the point is to connect two stories. In the Old Testament, you see um, uh, you've got the story of Adam and Eve and you've got Cain and Abel, and then this genealogy connects what happened to them with what you see next with Noah. And in the same Deal. We've got the beginning of the New Testament. We've got this genealogy here that is it's, it's like a trailer hitch that hitches itself to the Old Testament. It's saying this is not something new here. This is the, the continuation or the fulfillment of what God has been doing all along throughout the Old Testament. And that's what starting with a genealogy does for us. And I hope that we can appreciate that tonight. Let's go ahead and read our text, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez, the father of Hezron. And Hezron, the father of Ram. And Ram, the father of Amminadab. And Amminadab, the father of Nashon. And Nashon, the father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David the king. 
And David was the father of Salmon by the wife of Uriah, and Salmon the father of Rahab, uh, Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph. And Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon." And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtel, and Shealtel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Methan, and Methan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations of Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation of Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. Every bit of it is your inspired, inerrant word. And by it, we are meant to grow to maturity. Lord, your word brings us life. Lord, help us to feast on the riches of your word. Give us eyes to see and hearts to believe and obey. Give me strength to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to this genealogy, the the first thing I might mention is there's a little bit of a problem. You see, Luke also gives us a genealogy in chapter 4, I believe it is. Um, Just going by memory, if, uh, if I might be wrong. But Luke gives us a genealogy, and there are a few differences between the two genealogies. You see that uh, at the time of David, uh, in, in Luke's version, uh, instead of going to Solomon and Rehoboam and that line, it actually goes to another son of David and, and then comes back around where Jacob is still the father of Joseph, but uh, it seems to follow a different line. And that might be confusing, um, but uh, there could be a good reason for that. Um, living in a small community, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm related to a lot of people in this county, <laughs> right? Um, uh, the files have been in Bond County since uh, the 1820s. And so I've got lots of people I'm related to that I don't have any idea about that live here. Um, in the same way, uh, there, there can be many different lines that come from David, and, and sometimes those might come together generations on down the road. Uh, just because you have one line following Solomon and another line following Nathan doesn't mean that one of them's wrong. It just means you've got a, geneo- a, 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 a family tree that comes back together in a point. 
Um, and, and in a smaller community like we live in, we can kind of understand uh, that over many generations, uh, uh, that kind of, uh, kind of thing happening. Another thing that people seem to point out in, in the differences between Luke's and Matthew's genealogies um, is after, you, you go back to Joseph's father, who was uh, Jacob, but then there, there's a difference there. You've got a couple of names that are different, and you, you kind of wonder, why is that difference there? Well, there's different explanations that have been uh, suggested over the years. Some say that maybe um, Mary's genealogy was the one in, uh, in uh, Luke, and Ma- uh, Joseph's genealogy was the one in uh, uh, in Matthew, that's a possibility, but um, some say it, it's actually pretty unlikely because they just wouldn't have done the genealogy of a mother. Um, uh, the, the other option that I think is, is a real possibility is one that's been around for about 100 years, um, and that, that, that explanation is that there was some kind of a Leverite marriage. Now, a Leverite marriage is something maybe not a lot of us may be familiar with, but that's what we call it. In the Old Testament, if a man's brother died, then uh, if a man died then, and he had a brother, but he didn't have any children, then the Old Testament law required that that man's brother then marry his widow so that he could raise up children for, um, for the deceased brother. And... Um, there, that explanation would be able to fit one of the differences there that we see in the genealogies. One of those discrepancies that we see could be explained by that. All that to say is, while there are differences that we see between Matthew and Luke's genealogies, they're God's Word and there's not an error there. It may look like that from, from human eyes looking at it. We may uh, struggle to find some kind of an explanation but God knew what he was doing when he wrote Scripture. Um, also, um, as I said, Matthew follows the line from uh, Solomon on through to Rehoboam and all the kings of Israel, or of Judah, I mean. Um, well, Luke doesn't follow those. And that goes along with Matthew's point. Matthew here is trying to say, Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah. He's the son of David, the son of Abraham. And, and uh, so Matthew was showing the royal line of descent, following through the kings. While Luke may not have been uh, following that, that uh, royal line. Okay, now let's step back. I dealt with the problem. Now, why in the world are we looking at this genealogy? A genealogy is also a short way to tell a story. And what we see here is a condensed, packed version of the Old Testament. Yeah, we don't get the first 11 chapters whenever we, we get, we, where we see the Adam and Eve and the flood and the Tower of Babel and those things. But we come really close and we pick up in Genesis chapter 12. We pick up with the story of Abraham. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It tells us here, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah. In just a few words, it condenses the stories of 
most of the book of Genesis. And as we come to Matthew, we should be reminded of what came before, of Genesis, of all the other books of the Old Testament. We think of Abraham and we think this is the father of the nation of Israel. This is the one who God made the promise that he would be a blessing to all the nations and that he would one day have a a, a descendant who would bless all nations, who would, who would be a king, who, who, uh, uh, those who would bless him would be blessed, and those who would curse him would be cursed. We see all of those things, when we come to the name Abraham, as we come through this genealogy, we should think of all those things and all the promises that God gave to Abraham. And as we think, it says that Abraham was the father of Isaac. And it can remind us of of the whole story about how Abraham uh, was so old. He was 90 something years, 99 years old before the promised child finally came. We know more of the story than just this list of names. And we should think of the whole story. Then we see Isaac, the father of Jacob. There's no mention of Esau here. Esau was another, he was his own twin, Jacob's own twin, and yet it doesn't mention Esau, it just mentions Jacob. And the point there, again, is to say that Jacob was the promised one. Jacob was the one through whom the seed of the woman from Genesis 3 was going to come. And Jacob was the father of Judah. Now, when we think of Genesis, oftentimes Judah is not the one we think the most about. Because when it gets to the stories of of uh, Jacob's sons, his 12 sons, usually what we're thinking of is Joseph. Joseph was the one that was sold down into Egypt. Joseph was the one that, uh, that, was, that uh, uh, Potiphar's wife had him thrown into prison and, and he, he rose from being in prison to being the second in command of all of Israel, of all of Egypt, and how, how God saved a people from a famine because of Joseph. But in the midst of all of that, there was a second story going on. That second story that was really the most important story of Judah. And as you get to the end of of the book of Genesis, you see uh, as Jacob is blessing all of his sons, he tells his sons in this blessing that the scepter will not depart from Judah. That Judah is the one that was the one that was the carrier of the messianic seed. That the king would be from Judah. I'm not going to go through every single name here, but we will. Actually, we're going to spend two weeks on this genealogy because there's some things I want to talk about this week and there's some things I want to save for another sermon. We're going to move on here. We see... We get down to verse 6 and it says, Jesse was the father of King David. David the king. As... Uh, John wrote, uh, read, he read from this promise. God promised David that he would, have, he would build a house for him. <laughs> and by house, he didn't mean a, a, a tangible structure, a building. You know, when God told David he was going to build a house for him, he meant a dynasty. He meant he was going to build up a, a, a family line of kings that would come after David. And we see this 
family line, this, this king. God promised David he would have a son that would sit on his throne and his throne would be established forever. We see here this line going to Solomon and then Rehoboam and then Abijah and then Asaph and then Jehoshaphat and, and then Joram and then Uzziah. Uzziah was the king that had died during Isaiah, whenever Isaiah had that vision of God uh, seated on his throne in the temple. You've got Jotham and Ahaz and Hezekiah. Hezekiah was this great king of, of Judah, this good king who he was about to die and he prayed and asked God that he could have some more years. And God answered his prayer. And in those extra years, he had a son named Manasseh who ended up being the most wicked king of all of Judah. Manasseh is the next name that's listed. And Manasseh, the father of Amos, and, A- and he was... Then we see Josiah. Josiah was that young boy, eight years old when he became king, yet he was a good king, and he brought he, he had the temple cleaned, and they found the book of the law. We see all these stories from the Old Testament as we read through this genealogy. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And we think of all the narrative of, of the old, whole Old Testament. We see God calling out Abraham from Ur of the Chaldees and making him a nation and, and them being taken into Egypt and they served as slaves and God rescued them and brought them into the land. And they lived in the land for 400 years and then they had a king and you've got all this line of kings and they were disobedient. They were disobedient. They were disobedient and then God judges them and brings them into captivity and the end of the line of kings happens there. No more kings sitting on that throne. But God promised David He would have a son that would sit on His throne forever. And you've got the Babylonian captivity where they're taken away and you have no more son of David sitting on the throne. There's a problem. There's a problem there. We need the king of Israel. We needed the king of Judah who would sit on the throne of David. And yet because of the Babylonian captivity, they were gone. And after the deportation of Babylon, God allowed them to come back. God allowed them to come back. Cyrus made a decree and He allowed them to come back and rebuild the temple and rebuild the walls. And we read about that in Ezra and Nehemiah and Haggai. And we read about people like Shealtel and Zerubbabel. And then it goes quiet. We see these names anyway. These names like Abihud and Eliakim and Azor. These names that we don't hear about in the Old Testament. But it's all giving us a line that's leading up until Jesus comes. And then we come Jacob, the father of Joseph. The husband of Mary whom Jesus was born. He was called Christ. And that word Christ 
It's so commonplace to us. Jesus Christ. We, 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 we don't really recognize it for what it is, but it is, the old, it is the Greek rendering of the Hebrew word for Messiah. So whenever it says this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, and whenever it says Jesus who uh, was born, who is called Christ, they're saying... Jesus was the Messiah, the long-awaited one, Emmanuel, who the Jews waited for through all the Old Testament, the seed of the woman who would finally come, the blessing of Abraham who would finally come, the son of David who had finally come. Born of a virgin, Mary. And verse 17 tells us, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. What this tells us is that Matthew had a, 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 a purpose in, in making this genealogy, uh, in, in crafting this genealogy like this. His purpose was probably, again, to show that Jesus was the son of David. It's unknown what the significance of 14 generations is. However, probably the best explanation that anyone's come up with is, 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 a, is a, from a, basically using the math of David's name. And I'm not really into a lot of that, but sometimes it happens in the Bible. And you, you add up the numerical value of David's name, and it happens to be 14. And so you have these three sections of the genealogy from, da- from Abraham to David, from David to the deportation, and from the deportation back up to the Christ. All of them, 14 generations, screaming out the son of David. The son of David. The son of David. What this genealogy shows us is that Jesus wasn't just an afterthought. Jesus wasn't something new that just plopped onto the screen. No, Jesus was the plan of God from all of eternity past. Jesus was the plan of God from the moment when Adam and Eve fell and God told Adam and Eve... One day, there would be a a descendant of Eve who would come and crush the serpent's head. One day, there would be a, a, a descendant of Abraham who would be a blessing to all nations. One day, there would be a king who would sit on David's throne forever. Jesus was the fulfillment of that promise. Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Savior that was sent. And He was sent for us. This is not just a Jewish thing, although Jesus was Jewish. Jesus was the King of the Jews, rightfully the heir of the throne of David. But even Abraham was promised Jesus would be the, the son, his, his descendant would be a blessing to all nations. And we, standing here 2,000 years later after Jesus, we can be included because God was faithful to his promise to Abraham. 
is faithful to his promises to David. So why would you why would uh, Matthew begin the gospel of Matthew with the genealogy? I think it's pretty clear. Matthew began this book of the Bible with the genealogy to show us that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament, to remind us of the stories that came before him and to show us that God was being faithful to the promises that he had made all along. God has been faithful in the past and he will be faithful to us. We can trust that. We can trust that He will always be faithful to His promises. And He will be faithful to us on the basis of His tender mercies to David. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.